Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Simon Hughes. Welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Day one of the Ashes is complete. And I suppose, in a way, it was a bit of an anticlimax after all that massive build-up and all the emotion. And, in fact, the Australian press saying it's going to be body line with the quick bowlers going at England, going at their head. In actual fact, it was dominated by spin and and quite a slow-scoring day. What did you make of it, Simon? Well, who would have thought it, Simon? After all that build-up, you know, England sent to... South Australia sent to Townsville to play on slow, low pitches. Who would have thought we'd get a slow pitch at the Gabba for the first day of the series? The problem has been that the, the, the weather's been cool, it's been raining, so the groundsman hasn't been able to produce a hard, fast surface. And that played into England's hands. They won a, a, a decent toss and they ground it out on the first day. It'd be fascinating to see what the Australian media make of the first day. You, know, you can imagine headlines in the morning, you know, boring England block out the first day of the Ashes, you know, England playing for a draw at the Gabatoir already. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a difficult pitch on which to score. The outfield wasn't that fast. England just about made the most of winning the toss, I think. I suppose it was also interesting that uh, England got to nearly 200 for four. and We've been used to England being 80 for four or 100 for five or whatever. They got to nearly 200 for four without a major contribution from either of their two really seasoned crackerjack batsmen, Alistair Cook out to the 16th ball of the day. And then Joe Root also actually not only being dismissed for 15, but, but actually looking a bit scratchy, a bit impatient. There was a few attempts to play a reverse sweep and one or two kind of slightly odd shots from Root. And then he was done by a brilliant piece of bowling by Pat Cummings, the ball just reverse swinging towards the end of the day. So in a way, England should be feeling, I suppose, quite, quite po- positive and confident because it was the, the lesser lights, the Ashes virgins, if you like, who actually dominated. Well, absolutely perverse day, really. We all came to thinking that England were going to struggle. This top five that they've got, 
got you know their two bankers, Cook and Root, and then uh, the three question mark players, Stoneman, Vince, and Milan, and they all performed on their first day of, of Ashes cricket. Stoneman was gritty, dour, really. He said it afterwards, and I spoke to him that he, he found it hard to score. It wasn't a free-scoring sort of day. Vince actually played the, the most fluent innings of the day until you know really. Unfortunately, you know, he, he ran himself out, I suppose, although it was a brilliant piece of fielding from Nathan Lyon. He thought there was a single there, took Lyon on and Lyon hit the stumps. And then Milan, towards the end of the day's play as well, played nicely, played fluently. And you know, that's a great confidence booster for England at the start of the series. I mean, so many question marks over their top order of late, as you say. You know, often it's, you know, 80 before or 30 before and 196 before at the end of the day. I, mean, I think they'll be, they'll be pretty satisfied, but I mean, the key will obviously to be obviously will be to kick on Cook you know just that vulnerability around about off stump early on against the new ball and then that frustration for Root it was a fine piece of bowling though from Pat Cummings who was probably the pick of Australia's quick bowlers today picking up a couple of wickets but it was Lyon it was Lyon who induced most of the problems although he went wicketless I mean that was the perverse thing about this Gabba pitch that it was slow but also it turned and now, it will be fascinating to see whether the ball keeps on turning. Stoneman said he thought it might well be just sort of first day turn because of the, the, the moisture underneath and that you know, as the game goes on, it won't turn as much. I mean, it, it's always in counterintuitive, really. Normally, if it turns on the first day, you sort of expect it to turn more as the game goes on, but that might not necessarily be the case. Looking at uh, England's batting overall, uh, I suppose Alistair Cook, as you say, his vulnerability outside off stump, he's going to get a lot more of those deliveries, sort of just foolish length outside off early on. Stark is very good at, at bowling in that area. He was a little bit unlucky in a way that he got the one ball that seemed to move away. Most of the deliveries had been angling back into him, but he was sort of pushing at it. He was caught on the crease. That was a, a slightly tentative start to Cook, and England would have been feeling very nervous. But actually, the way that Stoneman and, and Vince handled the situation after that was highly impressive. I think Stoneman is a is a calming influence. He does seem to have a, a sort of composure at the crease. He he seems quite phlegmatic. He walks away from the crease every ball. And uh, well, I noticed during the the national anthem, he closed his eyes and was singing in a in a quite emotional way. But once he was out in the middle, he seemed very unemotional actually, and and very passive. And he he settled the nerves. And Vince, I thought his shot selection was was really excellent. I mean, he's a guy that we know is a bit of a, a dasher outside off stump. Likes to play the drive, and he played a couple of early drives. But what was impressive was he chose the right ball to drive. He left the ones which were just slightly shorter of a length and hit the half volleys. And that in the past has been his weakness. He's sort of going after everything, whereas here he was much more selective and kind of almost really deserved a hundred because. It was fluent, it was uh, well-judged, good selection and generally a, a very polished innings. I think he'll still have trouble in England, actually, because the ball will move more than it has today at the Gabba, where actually it was a pretty easy pitch to bat on, again, except against the spinners. Australia tempted him. I mean, they, they gave him the opportunity to nick off, as he's done you know, throughout his short test career so far. Oh, yeah, they gave him the opportunity to do that. But as you say, he resisted and... 
sometimes they bowl too full, and when when they bowl the the half volley length, he he put it away. I mean, it's not a, a particularly quick outfield, big boundaries here at the Gabba, but he found it with reasonable regularity with the off drive. There was that blemish when he was on 68 when he was dropped by the wicketkeeper Tim Payne, you know, who would be pretty relieved that Nathan Lyon dug him out by dismissing him with the run-out. A lot of focus on Payne, of course, being Australia's wicketkeeper, and the one chance he had, he put it down. So, you know, he, he won't be feeling so good tonight, but, of course, the fact they got rid of Vince, it, it, it's always, as you know, you know, when, when you've dropped someone, it's always nice to see the back of them soon after. And, you know, every run after is a, is a pinprick on your skin, really, and they really start to go big, and get 100, 150, and then it really starts to hurt. But Lyon, who created the chance in the first place, managed to, to dig him out of trouble. The one other man we should mention, David Milan, who carried on his excellent stoic sort of work at the crease that he showed at the end of last summer in England. And again, he, he looks a very calm sort of disposition at the pit, at the wicket and left the ball well. The ball was starting to reverse swing and he, he countered that extremely well, stayed on the back foot. It was a couple of quite close shades for LBW, but generally he looked in control. And uh, I thought what was also impressive was when he did get a short ball, he put it away. In fact, he put several balls away to the boundary when the ball was, was there to hit. So he wasn't completely sort of just playing defensively. He was actually looking to, to score. And I suppose the one criticism you might make about England today is that against Lyon in particular, they were a little bit defensive. And if Root, I suppose, had stayed in a lot longer, then he would have been the one to, to take on Lyon. But the others just seemed a, a little cautious. It was very hard for the left-handers to, uh, I suppose, to counter Lyon because of the spin. But maybe the right-handers could have tried a bit more. What do you think? Well, Vince once came down the pitch and drove him through the offside and Lyon was going about just over one and over. The, the one person who did try to take on Lyon was Moen Ali towards the end of the day's play. He swept, slogged him for six over deep forward square leg and he, he looked to be positive against him okay he hasn't got very many so far but what was noticeable about mowing was the the intent he came out with so it'll be it'll be fascinating to see whether he can continue that the new ball uh, has just been taken by australia and you know it, it's one of those scores when you just you just don't quite know how good that is I and mean, if the ball does stop spinning then you know that's one string to their bow that's sort of taken out of the equation, if you like, and is a slow pitch. I mean, the expectation is it might quicken up. But intent from Moen, Bairstow at seven. I mean, I mean, just know what you think. We've discussed the England's batting order and the permutations with no Stokes. Interesting that they've you know, gone with Moen at six and, and Bairstow at seven. You would say Bairstow is the, the, the better, the classier, the more likely test batsman, but they've gone with Moen at six and Bairstow at seven. Which I think is quite surprising, and uh, I would have in fact, I, I did an interview with uh, Johnny Bairstow when his book came out in October and I said to him there, where would you prefer to bat, and you know, he sort of was quite diplomatic about it, but I think he thought number six was the ideal spot, number five perhaps a little bit too high, especially if you've been out in the field all day keeping wicket and number seven just leaves you a little bit vulnerable to running out of partners uh, if you lose sort of Chris Wokes soon after you come in and then, you know, the tail is, is a little bit fragile. So I think number six for, for Johnny Bairstow is a better spot, but they've obviously gone with Moen perhaps to try and encourage him to, to, you know, to play a longer innings, but I, I, I don't think we'll see any change from Moen. I think he'll just bat that way 
irrespective of what number he goes in, really. Uh, I, I think they've got that wrong. I, I would definitely have Moen at seven, but, you know, we'll see tomorrow. And let's just take a short break now, and then after that we'll review what we think might happen in the morning and also who we consider as the player of the day. Well, it's been an encouraging day for England so far, 196 for four, which certainly has uh, soothed the nerves of England fans who are worrying about uh, an early collapse against the the Australian fast bowlers, none of whom, well, I think Pat Cummins was probably the the pick of the bowlers, as you said. Uh, He did get that that reverse swing. He got that life in in the pitch and and certainly in his body later in in the day, and he got the wickets of certainly Stoneman bowled through the gate and then that... Excellent set of Joe Root. But for me, the, the, the man who really posed the most problems was Nathan Lyon. He did, and it's going to be fascinating to see whether he can keep turning the ball tomorrow, whether the ball's going to keep turning for him, and whether it's going to continue to turn throughout the match, or whether it is just going to flatten out. As I was saying earlier, you know, that's counterintuitive, that, that, that feeling the ball doesn't turn as much as the game goes on. Spinners have had success at the Gabba, Lyons had success at the at Gabba in, in the past. Warren, obviously, but then he was—you know—he's a genius, and he had success in you know all sorts of grounds and all sorts of conditions. So that isn't necessarily a, a benchmark for the Gabba. Um, Australia's attack stymied by a slow pitch. I think the expectation is on the second day the, the, and third day the pitch will quicken up. It was such a, a crucial session in the morning for England's batsmen. You've got Bairstow coming in at seven, Wokes at eight. I mean, the, the, problem, the problem will come, the new ball is there. If Australia were to make a couple of breakthroughs in the morning, and you know, with Bairstow in at, at seven, ostensibly to because he plays well with the tail, there might not be enough in the tail to help him out. Stuart Broad in at, at number nine. They've got Jake Ball and, and Jimmy Anderson. England just a bit short in the, in the tail. I, I mean, they, they could have gone for Overton, who's a, a better batsman than Jake Ball, but I think they, they, they wanted Jake Ball's superior bowling skills, so, that, so they've gone with that. They've gone with four out-and-out bowlers. But it's so important for England to get through the new ball in the morning and you know what will be interesting, see whether the pitch has quickened up a bit and whether there is a bit more for Australia's pace bowlers on the second day than there was on the first day. I mean, at one stage on the first day when Stoneman and Vince were together, OK, they weren't scoring particularly quickly, you thought, you know, they're just going to grind Australia down here and really, really tire out their, their quick bowlers. Of course, they've only got three so that, you know, England want to make them bowl as many overs as possible, and that will be their aim on the second day as well. I think it will continue to turn. Uh, in fact, what you often find with a pitch which starts a, a little bit damp is that the, the bowler's footmarks dig in and they leave indentations, and the ball, in fact, itself leaves a few indentations on pitching, and you just gradually find that creates a, a slightly uneven surface. Of course, also, Australia have the benefit of a left-arm over-bowler in Stark, creating footmarks for the off-spinner Nathan Lyon to aim into later in the match. So I, I think that the ball will continue to turn and bounce for, for Nathan Lyon. Mo and Ali will be interested in that. I'm sure he'll bowl well. He'll get wickets uh, as well because he does really turn the ball. And I think as the pitch you know, hardens and dries out, it'll get quicker. So actually the spinners might be more dangerous because... The spin will happen a little bit sharper. Nathan Lyon definitely gets my vote for man of the day, not only because he bowled well, although he didn't get wickets, but also because of that incredible bit of fielding. I mean, Vince set off for what looked like a a fairly legitimate single and suddenly he was walking back to the pavilion, a pick-up from a cover point position, three strides, throwing off balance, 
hitting the stumps direct. Absolutely brilliant piece of opportunism, uh, which for which I think Lyon almost deserves the, the man of the day just for that. Yeah, fabulous from Lyon. He, he caused England problems. He was the one bowler to consistently cause problems. He, he found the edge of Vince's bat and, of course, the run out. A bit, I suppose a bit harsh on James Vince not to be man of the day when you consider how much pressure he was under coming into this series. I mean, the selectors had a sort of hunch about him, averaged 34 last summer, averaged 19 in his seven test matches. You know, he was not exactly a wild card pick because the, the, the barrel was, you know, was being scraped a little bit. Um, Vince justified the selectors decision in this match so far and you know it's always frustrating isn't it when you when you run out if you're undone by a good ball and you say oh, oh fair play but when it's a, you know an error of judgment in a sense because you it's a brilliant piece of fielding but you, there's still an error of judgment in not making the single so you know he, he'll feel he'll feel disappointed that he didn't go on and make a hundred because it was there for him but a really encouraging start for him so you know he, he's England's man of the day but I accept you know Lyon Lyon, I suppose, was sort of the unexpected man of the day. You don't expect a, an off-spinner to, to feature prominently on the first day of, of the Gabba Test match. But, you know, he, he hasn't taken a wicket yet. Um, whether there'll be some for him on the second day and then later in the game, we'll see. What are the um, Aussies saying on, on your way home? What's the, uh, the buzz like in the Gabba, do you think? Well, I think, it, I think probably that feeling of, you know, boring England, actually. I think they, they came expecting this... Uh, Australia attacked to, to roll England over there on the front page of the Courier Mail this morning. The three fast bowlers were there, or you know, they're about to wreak havoc, and it, it just didn't happen. It was a most unexpected day, really. It was a, it was a strange day. It was a throwback. It was like one of those old-fashioned days Test cricket. In a, in a strange way, it was a bit like the first day of Headingley, 1981, for those that can remember it. From just off the top of my head, I think Australia were about 206 for three at the close of the first day of that Test match, and look what happened afterwards. It was a fairly a dull workman-like day and in a way you know there were moments of interest on the first day but it, it, you know it wasn't the most scintillating day but it you know it sets up what could be a, a fascinating game from here and there were you know there were a few pessimists about England's chances including me and it may well turn out to be like that you know England by the end of tomorrow could be you know 260 all out and Australia could be 140 for two and then it, you know, then you're looking at something very different but you know I think definitely an encouraging first day for England. I agree with that, and uh, it certainly settled a few of our nerves. Uh, maybe makes your uh, early prediction of 4-0 slightly questionable, but as you say, a huge amount of cricket to go. First day is done, England 196 for four. Uh, bear in mind that they lost some time today, so play starts a little earlier, UK time at uh, half 11 at night. Thanks for your time, Simon, and we'll be back at the same time tomorrow for a review of the second day's play. Speak to you then. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.